Oi. Which is hello. Oi, Mrs. F1. Hello, Mr. F1. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How about you? Good. How's uh, Boston treating you? It's good. We had a great race this weekend, too. We did. We did have a great race this weekend and so much to talk about. I feel like we need to just jump right into it because, yes. I mean, this was a sprint race weekend this weekend. So I feel like we got, it feels like we got double the racing. <laughs> we did. We had two races. Yeah, technically. One was a little short. The other one, much longer. Yeah, let's start off by just jumping into qualifying. Um, not a ton to say about it. Obviously, rain made things super interesting. But the big thing we need to talk about is our boy, K-Mag. That's right. Haas. Oh, on pole position. Oh, my gosh. The words we thought never would come out of our mouths. It's happened. It's happened. We A Haas is on pole, and not just any Haas. Kevin Magnussen, his first ever pole position in mm -hmm. his Formula One career. How excited were you when you saw this happen? Oh, I it's the first time I was ever proud to say that I was a Haas fan. Because <laughs> they haven't really made me proud, but I was really proud. I was it, Apparently, Gene Haas turned 70 today. Wow. So it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good birthday present for a guy who just turned 70 and owns a terrible F1 team. They actually got a pole position. <laughs> yeah, congrats, it was, Gene. Yeah, congrats, Gene, and happy birthday, Gene yeah. Haas. Um, but yeah, it was amazing and also shocking at the same time i think kevin magnuson and the whole haas team was just equally as shocked um i heard the radio obviously in q3 kevin magnuson was the first one out to put in like a first lap time before george russell just ventured off the track into the gravel and caused a safety flag and the rain just kept coming down um and I could hear the radio. They Kevin Magnuson asked, "Where am I? Where am I at in the standings?" And they go, "You're P1, mate." And he goes, <laughs> "No, no." And he literally says, "Like, are you joking? Like, are you kidding? Are you kidding?" He didn't believe it really at first. Um, and you can tell he was like, "I don't want to jinx it," because he said, "Okay, it's not over. It's not yeah, over." Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, they came to the garage, and uh, because of the rain, they eventually just kind of had to call it because um, yeah. it got red flagged. Um, but wow, like what an awesome just outcome for qualifying. Um, I mean, Haas looked really promising. I feel like at the beginning of this year, I think like we expected a lot from them and they haven't been horrific. <laughs> they haven't been good either, but I think this is a great way for like that team to kind of wrap up this season. Um, do you think we'll see more Haas's on pole in the future? I don't. I am doubtful. I just, uh, they, and yeah, there's a spending cap now, but I just think that the teams that can spend money on that stuff that fits outside the spending cap, they're always going to have a head up on everybody else. I mean, maybe we'll see another, I don't want to say fluke, because let's be real, KMAG had a great qualifying session. The fact right. that he made it to Q3 in the Haas when Mick finished dead last mm -hmm. in qualifying was was impressive in and of itself. He did yeah. get lucky. I mean, I, I think it's hard to argue. He got lucky with being the first one out, you know, getting that first lap in in Q3. And then obviously George crashing helped that, you know, made more rain co come in and and kind of settle on the track. And 
all the teams just decided, all right, it's not worth it. Nobody's going to set a faster time than, and, you know, in that sense, K-Mag was lucky, but at the end of the day, he still had a great qualifying session. I, I was just happy to see Gunter really happy. I think everybody's happy to see Gunter happy. And uh, Who doesn't but, love Gunter Steiner? Exactly. <laughs> but at the end of the day, unless there's another fluke or whatever you want to call it, I'm doubtful that we'll see, we'll see K-Mag or another Haas on a mm -hmm. podium in the near future. Yeah, I have to read this quote. Pole position, sorry. Right, okay. yeah, pole position, you're right. <laughs> I have to read this quote by Gunter Steiner that he uh, put out. It says, when it rains soup, you need to have a spoon. And we had a spoon ready today. <laughs> That's just amazing. <laughs> what, is, what does that even mean? <laughs> what an epic quote from the most... He is like the quote master. I He's mean, a rock star. Yeah, they looked like effing rock stars this week yes. in the words of Gunter Steiner. So it was exciting. It was happy. I think those moments in F1 make the sport like that much better yeah. seeing guys. And actually, now that I think about it, we saw a lot of firsts this week, yeah. <laughs> which we'll, we'll get into. But um, yeah, just a great qualifying overall, a nice little surprise and a nice little way to like spice up this weekend. Um, and even going into the sprint, I think we all weren't expecting um, Magnuson to hold that first place. Yeah. Uh, but boy, did he try. He really did. I'll tell you what, he finished in eighth and got a point. I, I honestly didn't think that was going to happen. I thought for sure, I know it's only, what, 24 laps or something like that, but mm -hmm. I was fairly confident that he was not going to to finish in the top 10. But good for him for getting a point, and that helps. They're in a tight battle with um, Alpha Tauri right now. Um, um, yes. Alpha Tauri. Yes, Alpha they Mayweather. are. Yeah, they're in a tight uh, race right now for eighth um with Alpha Tauri mm -hmm. and we'll, we can talk about those final standing points at the end here um but like talk about even like more luck on their side the rain helped them get that you know pole in qualifying and then it just happened to be a sprint race weekend which means extra points here are up for grabs like if that happened at another track where we didn't have a sprint I don't know if they could have capitalized oh, as much no, yeah K-Mag probably still would have ended up 14th or something mm -hmm. like that you know yeah yeah but way to take advantage of some of those extra points. Yep, yep. Um, I don't know. Important for them. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you this question because I don't know if we've ever talked about this. How do you feel about these sprint races? This is the second year we're seeing them in Formula One. Do you like them? Do you hate them? Well, I, as a fan of F2 and F3, I, I love them because every weekend in F2 and F3 has a sprint race. Um, I, I just think it's nice to see more racing in general. Sometimes I think, and especially the more recent um, F1 sprints, they can be a little conservative. Um, and I think the way to combat that is to actually make the sprint race worth more points hmm. so that it, it's not worth being conservative because you need sprint race um, results in order to, to you know, be successful. Obviously, the one thing that F2 and F3 does differently is they do a reverse grid. So they invert the top 10, um, I think it's top 12 in, in F3. But uh, that I'm not a huge fan of, but I, I do, I think that we should be including more sprint races. I just think they're more, like any extra racing is better for the fan, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I really, really like them. I think the key to, like you said, like 
making them entertaining enough to watch is upping the points. There's there's a reason you're racing for the sprint, not just for like it's essentially the exactly. qualifying. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, obviously they're taking it serious because they still want a good grid position. Um. But I think also making sure these sprints are taking places on tracks where overtaking is easier mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. if not more common because when we're doing these on tracks right. where overtaking is impossible it's right. not fun and like what's the point then because you're qualifying yep. is going to be much the same result. Right. Yeah. right so um yeah like I, a sprint I, at monaco would be so boring because it would just be everyone driving yes. a single file line right it, that's a good point so you know I, I don't think blanket statement every weekend should have a, a sprint race but i do think we i think what we had six this year yeah, I'm not sure the total this year, but we definitely had more than yeah. than the first year it happened. Yeah. But I think too we're seeing like these are also playing a lot of a, a big role in some of these driver standings, where some drivers are still really fighting for points. And even mm -hmm. in the constructors, like you mentioned, Haas and AlphaTauri, um, it plays a big role when the when the things are this tight. Every every point counts. So um, I think we saw a lot of drivers really going for it in the sprint uh, this weekend, mm -hmm. and it made it really entertaining. Yeah. um and just fun to watch frankly i think this we can like kind of talk about this now but the teams that stood out for me for two different reasons this weekend red bull surprisingly did not look great um that was a little bit of a shocker they seemed to almost take like a step back and mm -hmm. man the mercs looked fantastic yeah yeah they looked like i said when when lewis was kind of marching his way down the field in the in the race, it looked like it was the Mercedes of last year when he was just blowing by people left and right. Right. They looked really fast this weekend. I wonder if that's uh, scaring, you know, the other big two teams for next year. Yeah, I would be scared if I were them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, they're really looking good. It's looking like they are finally understanding and putting like the pieces together with how this car can be quick and fast on track and the Red Bulls. I don't know what it was this weekend, but they just did not look great. Max Verstappen had a pretty horrible <laughs> in his eyes and in my eyes as well, horrible sprint race. He finished in fourth, mm -hmm. which is like, I mean, we've seen him on pole, if not on, you know, top three, every race. So it was kind of strange to see him all the way back there. Um, Some other things I wanted to mention that happened in the sprint I feel like I want to call this weekend like the weekend of drama. <laughs> I feel mm -hmm. like we've seen a lot of it this week. First in the sprint, we saw Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso fighting again. Mm -hmm. We've seen this. This isn't the first time we've seen this this season. Like, what the heck is going on there with those two? Uh, I think Fernando is just uh, not a good teammate. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of – I mean, it's just shown throughout his career. He just – expects you know that he should be the the top dog yeah. and uh and Ocon won't take it I mean Ocon has always been an aggressive driver so it's it just doesn't match up well with Fernando because he thinks he'll be able to walk all over him and Esteban won't allow that to happen yeah I heard the commentator saying today like Esteban outside the car and without the helmet on is very kind nice like level-headed and and kind of quiet person actually but as soon as he puts that helmet on, it's like a switch flips and he becomes this like aggressive, outspoken, 
kind of driver, which I mean, let's be real. All of them have that in them. Like they wouldn't be mm -hmm. formula one drivers if they weren't aggressive yeah. at, at times. Um, but we just saw them fighting and it's kind of crazy because it's not the first time we've seen it. You would think they'd learn by now, like this benefits no one. Um, and I know Atmar Safnar had to have a little talk with them after. And even in the race today, there was radio chatter of do not fight with each other yeah. type of, of radio messages and very stern radio messages at that. So that was interesting in the sprint. Also, whatever the heck Lance Stroll was doing, in the sprint race did you see um sebastian vettel and him were fighting for a position and vettel pretty much had had the right of way down the straight to come in and pass and obviously the rule is cars cars with. oh the like, swerve yeah, yeah yes yeah, yeah. and he they just came into the grass flying across yep. the track and put seb in the grass and I heard his interview after them asking him about the incident um, now that he reviewed it and saw it. He was like, oh, I didn't see him there. What? <laughs> yeah, it's sad how often we've heard that excuse from him because mm -hmm. this is like a – I think he did it last week too or last yeah. race. It's not the it's, first time he's done like, something dude, like this. At what point you're, you're making your move, your defensive moves way too late and you're almost killing people. <laughs> right. And well, your no, teammate it, it was last that. week. It was last week where he swerved and hit Fernando, and mm -hmm. Fernando's car was, you know, freaking yes, verbal. airplane mode. Yeah, airplane, airplane mode. mode. Yeah, and and it was the same thing. Lance made a move way too late, and it's like, you know, I I know all these guys are good drivers, and Lance is a good driver. You need to be a good driver to be an F one, but I don't know if he's good enough because when you continuously make the same mistake, uh, what's mm -hmm. the What's the saying, right? It's like stupidity is making the same mistake and expecting a different result. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's getting to a point where like Lance just doesn't look like, you know, he's, he's safe out there, which has to be terrifying for the other 19 drivers. Like, you know, let's be real. Almost every team can pass an Aston Martin right now, but every single driver, as they're going around him, they're like, oh my gosh, is he going to swerve and hit me? And, you know, throw right. me into the wall like, <laughs> I, I would think that you know yeah it's it, it's something's got to give and yeah. it's annoying that his dad owns the team because nothing will give but you know maybe, maybe f1 needs to say like we need to give out really harsh penalties for people who make those defensive moves too late because you can really i mean look what happened to fernando's car i mean that could have turned out way differently last week yeah absolutely so and FIA you... needs to figure something out yeah, and did that to his future teammate at that. It, it's interesting that you brought that up. Like, I am very, very interested to see the dynamic at that team next year. We know Alonzo is not... Mm -hmm. um, he's not second fiddle. No, he's not. And no. we know that everybody that's come into that team so far has been second fiddle next mm -hmm. to Lance Stroll just because, obviously, Daddy Warbox owns the team. Do you think... Uh, what do you think is going to happen when that happens? That's why that's why this move didn't make any sense to me in the first place. My guess is that Fernando will be there for one or two years and get sick of it because Lance isn't going anywhere. Yeah, and he'll quit. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because he he won't be able to handle, you know, not getting absolute preferential treatment. Yeah, you know what's interesting is he said, and oh, I didn't see him there. Like I like he was already going to the left you know, not to block he made like three car lengths to the left. Right. And I was like, way off was, the racing line. 
yeah, there was no reason for you to go left. You yeah. weren't passing the car in front no. of you. So why were you going left? You'd want to stay behind that car to get the slipstream. Why? <laughs> like, it's, it just, his excuse it's a terrible excuse. Anything. It's a terrible excuse. Mm-hmm. And, and if he keeps doing it, the FIA needs to give him very harsh penalties because one of these times it's going to really hurt somebody. And yeah. they, then there will be no one to blame but Lance and the FIA. Yeah, I agree. I think there should be something in place for repeat offenders like yeah, himself. Exactly. Um, but th- I thought the sprint overall was really interesting. I liked it. Didn't have, you know, I, I think a sprint just adds a little bit of uncertainty and like spice to a race weekend. I think that's kind of what you need toward the end of the season, especially when the constructors and the championships already been decided. Yeah. It's kind of a nice little thing to throw in there because anything could happen. There's just like a whole nother section, but I mean, wow, George Russell, I just commend him for his whole performance this week. Mm-hmm. Just put that car, won the sprint race, essentially pole pole position for the race today. I, I, I am so happy to see him like where he is now at the end of the season. I think his consistency, he just is like, I feel like we've all been waiting for him to just kind of like win a race or Mm -hmm. or get like a like a break because he's just been so close but not close enough and this weekend just like was george russell's weekend obviously he put that on first um carlos got second lewis hamilton in third max verstappen in fourth sergio perez in fifth and Charles in sixth i think someone too before we move on to the actual race lando norris had a fantastic start to the sprint as well and was fighting for fourth at one point in the very beginning I mean, seeing that he had food poisoning like 48 hours, 24 hours before, again, we see him like under this kind of pressure. It's almost like when he had tonsillitis, like we see him under this sort of pressure and he's still performing amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, he had a rough race, but, uh, but you know, it, definitely in the, in the qualities in the sprint, he, he always pushes that car way mm-hmm. further up the field than it should be. Yeah, he put it in seventh and Daniel only finished in 11th. So again, just a weekend where you can kind of give him an excuse as to why he's not performing super great. And he just still performs at the same level he's been, which I think is like the telltale sign of a really amazing race, like race car driver, any athlete for that reason. Um, you're able to like push past those things and still perform at that incredibly high level, which mm-hmm. is crazy. I can't even go to work with a the a temperature the flu and this guy's like driving a car around probably like just praying to himself in his mind please don't throw up please don't throw up yeah. it's like a <laughs> michael jordan flu game for those basketball fans out there <laughs> the, the high-end athletes they'll they can perform no matter yeah. what's going on definitely all right the race the race the race the race Wow. It I Grace. Yes. If you watch, if you follow me on TikTok, I do like live reaction videos and like the whole first minute of the video is me like screaming because there was so much that happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to think what was the first thing that kind of kicked this whole thing off. The first big thing was when Danny Rick just drove into K Mag. Right. which was such a shame for K-Mag to have such a an outstanding start to the weekend to be thrown in the corner by Danny Rick on a stupid move that had no chance of happening. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I, I feel bad for K-Mag. It was, it was tough to watch for somebody who, you know, had such high highs the day before to then, you know, not even making it one lap into the race. And then obviously a safety car came out and that is what began the madness of the, the rest of the race. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I felt bad for him. I feel like it would have been the perfect weekend if he could just could have like even finished or kept that car in the points mm-hmm. um today. But man, yeah, I don't know. It just looked like Danny was not able or misjudged like how close he was to the back of Magnuson's car. I I mean, we all know the brakes on this car. These cars can be a little unpredictable sometimes. I don't know if like he just didn't stop in time, he didn't break in time, or he didn't he just misjudged because he just clipped him right in the back. And I sent... think he was just being too aggressive. Mm-hmm. He tried to take this inside line that was never going to be there because K Mag had to turn into the corner. Mm-hmm. And of course K Mag does, which he's intent he's entitled to do. He's well ahead of Danny Rick. And at that point, it doesn't matter how many how much breaks Danny Rick's gonna apply. He's he's hitting him. Yeah. And he did. And then, you know, K-Mag tries to turn the wheel to get into the grass because obviously you don't want to be a sitting duck, you know, with your car horizontal while cars are flying by. That's how that's how drivers die. But as he does that, Danny Rick decides to try and go on the inside to pass him, which was stupid because, again, K-Mag wants to get out of the way. Yeah. And because he does that, they hit each other again and spin into the wall. I mean, there wasn't. There wasn't much Danny could do at that point. He was traveling so quickly. It was either just continue straight, hit the gas, and try to get out of the, his way. Because um, he couldn't go to the left. There was an Alpha Tauri right next to him. And Kevin Magnuson's car is laid vertical right yeah. in front of him. Well, and so, again, he, he put himself in that position by hitting K-Mag in the first place. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah may, maybe maybe the second, yeah. When K Mag's coming around, maybe there really is nowhere for him to go other than to j- just accept getting hit. But right. at the end of the day, that shouldn't happen because he never should have dove into that corner with that speed. He yeah. was never going to make it. And his second to last race. Oh, yeah. well, like... he had such a good race last week and just he was outperformed by Lando again all weekend and then lap one, you know. Yeah. Bonehead dive that was never going to work. And you know, it's almost like, and everyone always said Danny Rick was always that guy who was late on the brakes, making crazy overtakes. But I don't know. Maybe it's just the setup with McLaren. But like every time he tries it, he locks the wheels up. He hits somebody. He, you know, he he can't get that car to behave like his Red Bull behaved when he was, you know, right when he was competing with Seb. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. I I also, when I saw it happen, I was like, oh, Danny, what were you doing? And then my next thought was, no, Danny, like this is the second to last race, maybe of your entire career. Yeah, most likely. (laughs) Right. Why are you making risky moves like that in like, what were we, the second, third corner at that point? And of Um, all people, he hits K-Mag, like, you know. Right. Yeah. It just, it was a bummer. I saw them like they got out of their cars at the end and walked toward each other. And I, my heart was like, oh, uh oh, uh oh. Usually when that happens, it's not a good situation. I'm but sure they... K Mag said something to him along the lines of, you know, what the heck yeah. were you thinking? Well, it's, like... it was, it seemed like Danny apologized. They like patted each other on the back, yeah. kind of like mutually, like, ah, oh, shoot, dude, like that yeah. sucked for both of us. But 
that kind of started the whole thing. We had that yellow flag and that bunched up safety car. Yeah. Yeah. Safety car. Um, that just bunched up the pack. And then I was like even more nervous. I was like, Oh my God, what's going to happen now? And I feel like it was one after the other Max and Lewis mm-hmm. again, just going at it. And we talked about this before we kind of got on, but like, yes, they're race car drivers. They're going to fight no matter what. Like, if they're racing for a championship or for a point, like, they'll be, like, tooth and nailing until the end. But, like, Lewis is fighting, I think, in my mind, like, for even more. Like, Max has already won the championship. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's doesn't he's not really driving for anything anymore. He's, he can't lose the championship now. It's not possible. So, I don't understand what the aggressive driving was there with their little collision. Um. Who did you think was at fault for that? I, when I first saw it, I thought Lewis didn't give him enough space. And then when I watched replays, I thought, okay, maybe this is a racing incident because they both – so, like, Max had the lead, Cohen around turn one. He went around the outside. He's definitely in the lead. But then he had to break really, really hard because he's got the right hand at, at turn two where, you know, if you're on the inside, then you have to really slow down. So then now Lewis is ahead, and I guess FIA – decided at that point Lewis has the corner, but it was really close to me. And and to me, I thought Lewis had the space and the speed to give him room. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for me, it's either a racing incident or it's Lewis's fault. And the fact that Max got the penalty, and like I said, they must have deemed Lewis owned the corner because he was ahead from the breaking zone. I, I think that's debatable. But either way, Max ended up just get the worst of it because you know he plummeted all the way to the very back and Lewis dropped you know a few spots yeah yeah I think the the official rule is your the nose of your car needs to be ahead at the apex of the corner I believe that is the official FIA rule and if I remember correctly when they were they kept playing replaying the incident over and over again um but it did look like Lewis did have that advantage into the apex of the corner so um but yeah I mean I I feel like you could have deemed it a racing incident as well because I saw another replay and someone mentioned Max was kind of on the on the curb there coming around the corner and it seems like he lost just a bit of stability and that's what caused them to kind of just clip together um and that could have been it for Lewis's race, honestly. But thankfully, it sounds like the damage to his floor wasn't as bad because I heard him come on the radio saying, how much of my floor is gone? Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, with the result of the race, like he could keep speed. He It didn't seem to affect him that much, which was good. Thank goodness. But that caused Max to drop back a little bit, too. And again, I was like, man, the Red Bulls this week are just not here <laughs> like well I, th- I think eventually max max looked like he had the pace to get around lewis but he tried a stupid overtake you know a, an aggressive one right and it ended up sending him to the back of the grid and having to get a new wing mm-hmm. which you know that's <laughs> that's the downfall of driving the way that max drives is that sometimes you know you'll be so aggressive that people are scared and they back out and other times people will call the bluff and then you know your wing is stuck in their floor and mm-hmm. you gotta you know so at the end of the day max has to kind of say like this is how i drive i tend to put people in a position of either they hit me or they back out mm-hmm. you know i think and- we yeah 
I, I don't know. I think this year we've seen a little less of that type of Max. Like I mean, it's I, just because he's been so far ahead of everybody this year. Right. Yeah, that's true. I, I think too, like we talked about this in a prior episode, we've seen Max's driving style and like how he is as a driver mature over the years. I think like four, four years ago, you could have said he was like a raging maniac. I know people were saying that too. Like he's dangerous out there. Like he's just a dangerous driver. And I think he's definitely matured over the years, but there are moments like this where you see, and especially yeah, in my still mind, a very aggressive driver, mm-hmm. but he's, he's also, it's undeniable that he's an excellent driver. You know? Right. So, and, and I think to some extent you have to be aggressive if you're going to be an excellent driver. There's, you know, it's hundreds of seconds between these incredible cars. So you have to be willing to, you know, put your car in a position to make the other driver scared enough to give up their position. And Max is really good at doing that. And, you know, it, he happened to make that move on Lewis, who I think Lewis saw, like, I can win this race. Mm-hmm. you know and he hasn't tasted that since last year so there's no way he's backing out of that corner yeah. right especially mm-hmm. for a guy who already won the championship and and i'm sure in lewis's head he's like max will back off like he is what does he have to right. gain here yeah what's he fighting and, for and then you know all this you know now we see that max no no he won't and he also won't give a position back to his teammate at the end of the race apparently but you know that that's just the way that he drives mm-hmm. and i think most people in F1 understand like, look, he's going to put himself in a position to either hit me or get past me. Mm-hmm. And, and some people, you know, a driver like Esteban, I think would not care and put his car, you know, willing, just willing to get hit. Whereas other drivers might just say like, oh, it's not worth it. Back yeah. off. Yeah. I think too, like kudos to the Red Bull team because when he came in and did that pit stop he had a tire change and a nose change and they did it in 10 seconds they they are an incredible pit team like they're they're head and neck above everybody i know some of the announcers on sky sports were saying i think that may be a record yeah for a pit stop with a nose change they said it's averaging around 13 seconds yeah which still blows my mind in general but i mean that's crazy and honestly that helped him out a lot that gave him a little bit of an advantage over charles leclerc mm-hmm. um who also had to come in and was also the next kind of accident that happened almost mm-hmm. immediately after lewis and max um mm-hmm. him and lando norris came together um just battling it out really for for a position and oh my god Uh, first of all i'm shocked that ferrari was not more damaged i'm shocked it slammed its front end right into that wall yeah um what do you what are your thoughts on like that collision do you think that's that's just a racing incident as well or do you think lando norris no it was 100 percent on lando that's why he got the penalty that was pretty clear cut Mm -hmm. that charles was almost a full like he pretty much a full car ahead of him yeah. and they tapped wheels front to back like that is almost always the driver in the back's fault whenever mm-hmm. something like that happens so to me it was obvious and like when i saw him into the wall i was like wow charles's race is done same and then i was seeing him pull out of the wall i was like there's no way yeah the front wing has to be not attached at all the fact that he made it back didn't have that much damage and was able to just get a new wing and go i was I was blown away and then not only that but he makes it all the way to p4 by the end of the race I mean, that's, right that's pretty killer 
Yeah, when you see collisions like that, usually you're expecting to see like the front nose just completely wrecked. Yeah. And you sometimes you're also like I was expecting to see suspension issues. Yeah. Like you'll see some of those tires just dangling off the side of the car. I don't know how he saved that, but he did. And I felt the same way. I saw it happen and I literally was like, no, because in my eyes, these last two races are really between him and Sergio. Like that's what I'm paying attention to the most because they're both um well now they're tied uh mm -hmm. for a second and like when i saw that i literally my heart just like ripped out of my chest i was like no please god like not again why and then i saw the graphic on the screen go green flag and i was like what what he's mm -hmm. he's on the track i know um, you could see him in the background pulling out i have no idea how that was possible yeah honestly in my books today and I, I this isn't honestly because I'm biased I'm a huge Charles Leclerc fan but like he is my driver of the day he was at the bottom of the pack mm -hmm. and somehow was able to pull that car and not lose confidence I don't know like if I were you and that happened to me I'd be like well this is over like <laughs> there's mm -hmm. no way I'm making this um and to be honest the whole middle of the race kind of like slowed down a bit there wasn't a crazy amount of action going on compared to what was happening in the beginning yeah um yeah. but he pulled that car and finished in fourth yeah. like talk about a comeback what him and, him and max just flew through the field yeah and, yeah but i mean you know it, that is expected because those cars have so much pace they should be flying by everybody but you're right you know to go from from pretty much dead last minus the two retirees uh, to to almost a podium spot. I mean, that's a killer drive mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, and, and Max I... had a killer drive too. But you know, I mean, so did George. So did Lewis. You know, they that like Lewis obviously took damage and then was able to not only you know stay towards the front, but then also battle for a win with his mm -hmm. teammate. Yeah. That was really great, and I feel like we haven't seen a lot of that battling between Lewis and George this year just because it's just seemed like they're miles apart from each other. Um, but that was so great to see, and I was, like, cheering for George the whole time, so I just wanted to see him get that first Formula One podium. And let's be real, he freaking deserves it. He's been waiting so long for that. Yeah. yeah, and and the first time like he gets in a car that's actually capable of doing so, they just happen to suck. Like, talk about bad luck. That kid probably thought leaving Williams last year, like, dang, I'm gonna be on the podium like every single race. Well, he has he, had a decent amount of podiums this year. And he has driven really well, but yeah, obviously he hadn't had the win up until now. I mean, and it was it was head. just a matter of time, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah, that car isn't as good as ferrari and red bull although i think now it's probably pretty close so i you know i think they should have a chance in abu dhabi to end the year yeah but, i don't know if you told me in the beginning of the season it's only a matter of time i don't know if i would have believed you with mm -hmm. the way they looked yeah well and that's yeah mercedes is they're known for building really good cars having really good engineers so you know i i, I do think that that lineup of george and lewis next year i think they'll be more competitive i think Mercedes has a better understanding of this new regulation car. It'll be interesting to see if they can compete with a Ferrari and Red Bull. Yeah. And I mean, overall, I think I would love to look at like Mercedes, like on some sort of chart or something, their progress throughout the season, because just again, like last weekend was last race was really good for them. Great, consistent 
consistency and the more points they needed this weekend just absolutely fantastic again bringing home even more points um and at this point um I mean George needs them but Lewis needs them as well even I would say even more than George at this point because he's not had a great great season um but also I found it hilarious Toto Wolf wasn't there this weekend Mm -hmm. like the one time his team like has probably it's their best race weekend I would say of the whole season the man's not there yeah by far (laughs) like what (laughs) what the heck Toto Wolf like why would you do that everybody Um, needs vacation yeah well he can vacation in like two weeks okay like it's almost (laughs) over did you see that as soon as george was in the driver's room after the race um, i was like yeah i was like oh george is facetiming with his family (laughs) he turns it around and yeah i was like oh okay he's not the first person i would call Mm-hmm. but uh yeah i i found that kind of like ironic like the yeah, one time funny. toto's not there yeah. um and a big moment for george like toto's been with george throughout his entire year if some of you don't know this toto wolf is actually george russell's manager mm-hmm. um and he's so he's been with george for a long time now and like they've been working toward that goal in addition to i'm sure becoming a formula one champion but um like that kind of sucks that he missed it <laughs> Uh, I'm sure he'll be there for many more wins in the future. I I'm sure. If I were him. But it's the first. The yeah, first is different. <laughs> I heard George saying on the radio, someone bring me some tissues. I know, <laughs> he I was... heard him say that, yeah. But you can <laughs> see just the, that's why I love like seeing these moments like Kevin Magnuson's first poll, George Russell's first F1 win. Like the emotion you see with these guys, like it's like it all comes out. Like they, you know, yeah. they're mostly very prim and proper and they keep their 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 self in check. But then when you see these big moments, you can just see them all like like just elated and also just feeling all these feelings. And I think it's a really cool moment to see as a fan, um, no matter who it is, to be honest yeah. with you. And just in general, you know, like the long term gratification, the amount mm-hmm. of work that all these guys put in, you know, to get your first win, I'm sure that's gotta be the one of the best feelings you know to know that your whole life you've dedicated to the craft and you know you're at the pinnacle now absolutely yeah it was a great thing to see i enjoyed it i think george just did a fantastic job overall the whole race it was calm he was so calm his Even start this... was insane his start yes. he yeah great start and the fact that you've got your teammate and a seven-time world champion breathing down your neck lewis was catching him at the end there and i thought oh boy like and Mer- and they both told them you're allowed to race like we're not going to stop you from racing so i thought oh boy are we going to see this stolen from george at the very end here but he just stayed calm cool collected raced really really well mm-hmm. and i mean took yeah, it home for himself lewis. Yeah. yeah and you know maybe lewis had damage to his car who knows but um yeah george was the better mercedes driver today clearly yeah definitely so congrats george russell on your first ever formula one win i'm glad i got to see it in live (laughs) um but let's talk about i feel like there was a lot going on at the end of this race when it came to antics yeah i want to call this can we call this section like a radio drama because there was a lot going on let's start with uh, Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon they found themselves next to each other again <laughs> again and I was like oh my god like just stay away from each other for god's sake <laughs> like what are you two doing this is like the third time during this race they were right next to each other 
And did you hear the radio? Uh, Ocon's yeah, engineer Destimo. sent him. Yeah. 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 Basically, they basically told him, "Don't battle Fernando," and he was like, "No." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I got to get past Seb. I'm gonna do what I can to get past Seb, and I don't yeah. blame him. You know, it, it, like at this point, they both need points. There's no like, okay, so they wanted Fernando to go ahead because he had fresher tires, but like, make him pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but like. Ocon shouldn't just have to give up because the team says so. Right. I mean, I I think the reason the team was so stern, so like the first radio messages came through to Ocon and they were pretty stern in saying, please do not fight Alonzo. Yeah. Um, and then then Ocon responded and said, basically like what you said, like, I have to get past sub, like I'm gonna do what I need to do. And then they came back on the radio and said, Clear as day, do not fight. Alonzo confirm like they were gonna they were making him say I will not and I think it's just because honestly I would feel the same way on that team their record when they when they race each other and they come together they like Mm -hmm. at this point right now what the most important thing is is they're fighting a race in the constructors right now and they are very close with McLaren so keeping both of those cars on track especially because both McLarens DNF today um, or were taken out and Right. Um, they could not risk one of them coming off that track because of their own stupidity. And I think if you look at their track record, it's more than likely that that would happen. Um, so I, I don't know. I understand I agree. that. But at the end of the day, it's like they only told one driver that, you know. Well, we didn't hear Fernando's radio, to be fair. Uh, like They, they didn't definitely didn't tell him. Fernando, don't battle Ocon because he flew past Ocon. So, like, I get it. You know, Ocon's ahead and Alonso's on fresher tires. But at the end of the day, it's like you're only telling like we need all these points. So one of our drivers we need to tell to not be aggressive. That's that's what it looks like to everybody else. And that's not ideal. Yeah, maybe that's what it looks like. But I know especially they were talking to um Otmar Sapnar, especially after what happened during the sprint race. And he said he sat down with both of them yesterday and told them like enough yeah i understand him saying that outside the race but during the race they told Ocon basically to let alonso pass when they're both in a points fight like that's tough for a driver to hear and yeah it's the it's the right call because fernando's on the fresher tires and look what Mm -hmm. happened he ended up finishing what p6 or something yeah i can um p7 or no p5 P5, he finished yeah p5 yeah he made it pretty far up Mm -hmm. um so, you know, in that sense, they, they were able to maximize points, but it, it, it came at the expense of Esteban. And that ju- it just sucks. You know, that's the nature of, of the game for him. Um, and I can understand why he would be like, no, if he wants to pass me, he needs to just drive past me. Right. Right. Yeah. But if he's on fresher tires, it should be easy. So, like, it should, you know. Yeah. I, and, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I just think, like, Ocon sees red sometimes, and so mm-hmm. does Alonzo. And even though they're like, he's going to pass me, like they're, they're like, I, I don't, they take riskier moves to try and defend. And at, mm-hmm. at this point, it's not worth it. Like, don't, don't make that risky move on your own teammate. Like mm-hmm. if he's faster than you, he's on fresher tires, he's going to pass you. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's, it's just the name of the game. So don't try and fight it when you know it's about to happen. Um, which I think is, like I said, their track record hasn't been great when they've been battling with each other. So that was the first bit of radio drama. The second bit has to do with Red Bull. 
they made the decision. Uh, Max was on the better tires. First of all, Red Bull's first mistake was putting Sergio Perez on the mediums. Why did mm-hmm. they do that? Did they have to? I, they, I don't yeah, remember. I, to be honest with you, I haven't, I, I know they did, they brought him into the pits and did a change because I remember Lewis Hamilton had to come into the pits to cover Sergio yeah. after that. But I don't understand why they put the mediums on because all week, all weekend, we have known that medium has not been great. It hasn't been able to heat up, get the grip. And there are a lot of drivers that have been unhappy with it in general. Um, so I didn't understand why on his last stint, they decided to put him on a medium, a tire they knew was not the quickest. Yeah, um, I don't know if they didn't, like if they had to, because he was only on the same compound at the start or mm-hmm. if they didn't have any soft tires, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. That that could be the reason, but it made Sergio become a sitting duck. He was when he went in for that pit stop, I believe he was in third place at that at yeah. that point. Yeah, he um, should have had the podium for sure. Yeah, and he just started dropping down the order, mm-hmm. and then we hear a radio message come over the radio, saying, letting Sergio know Max is going to pass you. He's going to try and go after Alonso and Charles to try and knock points down. Cause we know Sergio and Charles are in that fight. Um, when you saw this happen, what was your initial reaction? I mean, I wasn't surprised by that. Basically their thought process was Max needs to pass Charles. So Charles has less points mm-hmm. and you know, that all makes sense. But it, at the end of the race, Max needs to give the position back because he's already the world champion. There's right. no need for him to, like, there's no benefit of him finishing sixth instead of seventh or whatever the hell he finished in mm-hmm. but you know just the audacity of him to think that he runs the team and like like no i've already talked to you about this don't ever ask me again yeah like that's not how a team works man like right. you can't just yeah you're the better driver it's pretty obvious but you can't behave like that in any professional setting like you know you're gonna make everybody on the team hate you mm-hmm yeah, I thought it was weird when I heard. So obviously, like he didn't pass Alonso, he didn't pass Charles Leclerc. So what he was meant to do, it didn't even happen. And then when they asked him to give the place back at the end, um, first of all, they asked him like three times, and he just was silent. He didn't yeah. respond on the radio at all and until after, after yeah, he passes the the finish line. The finish line, and like gives a pretty stern message, very much of the vibes of like, I run this place. I already told you I don't want to do this. So, but my and this we were talking about this earlier. If Red Bull knew that ahead of time, if they've already discussed this type of scenario, and Max has already said I'm not doing that, why would you then do it? You just cost maybe Sergio Perez second place in the championship. Why would you do that? I don't know. I, Max would have gotten around Checo anyway. But that this is what I don't understand. There was no reason for them to say, like, Checo let Max pass. Max was going to pass him. Mm-hmm. So, like, they could have just said, okay, guys, battle it out. Whoever, you know. Or they could have told Max, like, hey, look, Checo's the one who needs points here. So don't pass him. Mm-hmm. and like you don't need points so like don't pass him that's what they should have done in the first place but you know at the end of the day it's just if you have a driver that doesn't listen to the team like you know they're just going to stop trusting him to do what they're telling him to do so 
as good of a driver as he is, like, how does this play out? You know, Christian mm -hmm. Horner is a pretty self-absorbed dude. So, like, I don't understand how him and Max can be on the same team. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Christian Horner does something to, like, send Max a message and be like, dude, I'm the boss, not you. So you do what I tell you. And if you don't like it, then, you know. I don't know. Christian Horner is so far up Max's butt. I don't think he'd even be able to crawl out to do Oh, no. I, I think Christian <laughs> Horner care, likes himself way more than he likes Max. So I don't know. Have you ever seen the way Christian Horner looks at Max sometimes? Yeah, but you ever see the way Christian Horner behaves in general? Like the dude is yeah, the dude is very self-absorbed. And I like, you know, unless Helmet Marco steps in and says, like, no, let Max do whatever he wants. I think mm -hmm. Max is gonna get his his bell rung by somebody and say, like, yeah, you can't behave like this. We don't give a shit who you are. Like, you can't behave like that regardless they definitely had two very unhappy drivers at the end of today's race yeah. and christian horner is going to need to answer to sergio perez as to why that happened today and that's going to be a rough conversation if it's well max didn't want to and then sergio is going to respond with well i didn't want to do a lot of the things that i did either to help max get him yeah. to his and, and if i'm sergio from now on i am never doing max any favors mm -hmm. like if max is trying to pass me i'm going to defend extra hard right like if he wants to like you know dive into a corner like i'm gonna take i'm gonna go into the corner and if he's gonna hit me like we're both out it's his fault like yeah. you know that's his decision like i'm not helping him anymore that's what I would do if I were Checo. And Checo said to Spanish media after the race, like, I'm the reason he has two championships. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't see why Checo wouldn't say, like, all right, game's on. Like, I, I'm going to I'm gonna drive like, you know, you're not my, my teammate anymore because you aren't. You clearly aren't a teammate. You just do whatever suits you. Yeah. I think this is what I'm going to call the Red Bull curse. That second seat at Red Bull has always just not, no one's been able to stay there. Yeah. And I thought for sure, like, wow, this pairing has really worked in their favor. And I'm kind of surprised at how like little conflict they've had between the two of them. Sergio has been playing very nice. And to his point, helping Max get championships. And now I think this is going to put a sour taste in Sergio's mouth, depending on what Christian Horner says to him. Because he could be like, oh, none of you are actually backing me at all. You're all backing him. I'm just yeah. this pawn in your little game to help him win. And I, unfortunately, I think that's what's about to happen. Yeah, and, and Checo's response should be, like, if he's not going to be a teammate, I'm not going to be a teammate. Yeah. And whenever you tell me to do anything to help Max, no, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you want me to undercut to protect Max's lead? No. Yeah. I'm going to worry about my race. Yeah. And that, that's how it should be. You know, like, especially with somebody who behaves like that, who, you know, as good a driver as Max is, that was so unbelievably childish. Like, mm -hmm. dude, you already won the championship. Your team already won the constructors. Your teammate is in a tight battle for second place. Your teammate also helped you win championships, and you're not going to give him one spot in a throwaway race. Right. It's just childish. And now they're tied because of it. Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez going into yeah. the last race of the season are tied at 290 points. This is like championship all over again, but for second place. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, so I thought that was that was a little crazy. 
And then the third kind of like little piece of drama, I, I don't know if you call it drama, but just kind of strangeness was Shaw Leclerc coming on the radio multiple times saying, think of the championship, think of the championship points. And I, I get it. No, yes, he's stupid. in a tight battle, uh, maybe a little bit of a tighter battle than what Carlos is in right now. But he was nowhere close to Carlos at the end of that race. I believe he no, was there, over three seconds behind him. There's no excuse for him to ask for that. You're literally asking your teammate to give up a podium mm -hmm. to grab more points, even though you're both in tight races. Mm -hmm. Like just because you're higher up, that doesn't get you anything. You're not you're not battling for first. Right. So why would your teammate give up a spot on a podium for, especially when you're significantly slower than him? Like you said, he was three and some seconds behind him. No, it was, it was just as childish as Max. Yeah. It's like, you're not going to get free, you know, points right. just a free because, place. yeah, like, no, you're not going to do that. That's, yeah. that's just, and, you know, at the end of the day, it obviously wasn't Charles's fault that he got spun out, but that doesn't mean that that Carlos will be like, oh, I feel bad. I'll just give you a podium. Yeah. No, no. I think Carlos is like five points behind Lewis right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for him to pass Lewis, obviously he wants that. He's not going to give up a position and a podium spot just so that you can be ahead of Checo by three points for second, which doesn't mean anything anyway. Right. You know, they don't give a trophy out to second place driver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right now, currently after today's race, Lewis Hamilton is in fifth with 240 and Carlos Sainz is right behind him in sixth with 234. So they're, yeah, they're definitely close. I mean, yeah, I think the comment, I feel for Charles Leclerc, I don't agree with him asking to get a free podium place. I could understand him making that comment if they were like battling the entire yeah. like last couple of laps, but they weren't like, even for Carlos, even if that was like going to happen for Carlos to do that, he was three seconds ahead yeah. of Lewis. Yeah, he would have had to like slam on the brakes yeah. and like, it just was un unrealistic. And yeah, I, was yeah, I think you're just start starting to see like Charles Leclerc get a little bit desperate right now. I mean, let's be real. The kid has had a heck of a season. His team is single-handedly like thrown away some wins for him and honestly this week i could tell he was insanely frustrated especially what happened in qualifying with them sitting around standing yep. there without tires for him yeah. the sprint didn't really go the way he planned either like i think he's just what i'm hearing in his voice and what i'm seeing especially with that comment at the end of the race today is like i'm over this like i'm yeah. i'm over and it. i totally <laughs> understand that i'm i'll be the first one to criticize ferrari and i have been because they're terrible Mm -hmm. at everything they do um but that having been said carlos has nothing to do with that so why should he be punished right and mm -hmm. lose a place right yes ferrari has screwed charles over all year and i'm sure they'll continue to do so as long as he drives there because they're boneheads but <laughs> like you know that doesn't mean that carlos should have to suffer because they've done terrible you know strategy calls for Charles. I mean, they've done terrible strategy stuff for Carlos too. Yeah, they're yeah. just a terrible team in general. It doesn't matter who drives there. They'll give them terrible, you know, they'll screw up on tire changes. They'll, you know, do that stupid thing they did in qualifying where they just let Charles sit in the pit for for 30 seconds. Like Put it doesn't matter. When it yeah, wasn't raining. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter who the driver is. They're going to screw him over. So like for Charles to be like, oh, you know, give me a position 
Like, no, they've screwed Carlos over just as much. So mm-hmm. why should he have to give up a position? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I just think we're starting to see a lot of frustration come out. Yeah, He's been pretty pretty calm and cool when stuff has happened recently, like on the track that has not been his fault. Um, this is the first weekend I think I've seen him literally calling the team out on the radio, being like, wow, thanks. Wow, thanks. Like, he really was angry this week, and I feel like I felt that in a lot of his radio yeah. messages. But he has and every I, right to. Every I right totally to. sympathize with him. And mm-hmm. until they fire Mattia and – you know nearly everybody on that team because they are all terrible Mm -hmm. you know down to the people who change the tires they're clearly not good at their job either yeah like you know until that happens these drivers are going to continue to suffer for it and then there's going to be radio messages like charles asking to get a free place at the end of the year because it's a tight battle when it never should have been in the first place okay well after let's calm matt down he's a little heated after that Ferrari conversation but Overall, I thought it was a really great race. I'm looking forward to the last race of the season. Cry, cry. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy to say. Um, but I think we've only got two left, and this was a great, in my this books, this was one really of a great, great race. race. Yeah, yeah it sure. was great. Let's move on to our ending portion, which is meme podium meme podium so matt bring us the memes and as always guys this well not as always but recently our shows are on youtube now so if you want to see these memes make sure to watch our show at mr and mrs f1 pod on youtube and we tweet out these memes as well on our twitter and instagram if you're scared of twitter we're also on instagram and tiktok (laughs) all right meme podium third place bronze medal I'm a sucker for the show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, so it's a an always sunny meme. One of our favorite episodes, Mrs. F1 and I, about uh, living in the suburbs. I'm sure you'll see it here or there or somewhere, whatever. <laughs> there, uh, there. <laughs> yes. Uh, second meme, second place, silver medal, is the famous Drake meme. Max when Checo helps him, and then Max when he has to help Checo. <laughs> Everyone loves a good Drake meme. Yes, those are really good memes. And then the gold medal <laughs> is the Red Bull team breakfast, Max versus Checo. This is a funny one. That sums up exactly what we were talking about, how Red Bull treats Max versus how they treat any other driver, not just Checo, <laughs> any second driver. They are unimportant. Yes. No, yeah, and make sure to check those out. They are hilarious. And please feel free to retweet or put them on your stories because – They're good memes. You'll get a good laugh out of them. All right. We move on to last but not least, admin of the week. Honestly, guys, the admins this week, I don't know if they're like tired, they're ready for the season to be over, but I was not really impressed with any of the posts, but I'm going to give admin of the week to Haas, um, mostly for all the great Kevin Magnuson content and Gunter Steiner content that came out of uh, their pole position. Um, and overall, just like stinking happy for that team. They needed like a win, and this was a good one. So my admin of the award goes to Haas for this week. But yeah, fun times. It's crazy. We only have one more race. But as always, guys, make sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube at Mr. and Mrs. F1 Pod. 
Um, you can catch up with us during the week, catch clips, and also just like feel free to you know shoot us a DM. We'd love to talk and chat with you. If you have an idea even for the show, we'd love to hear it. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single new episode. And give us a rating if you're feeling like giving a little extra love. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so yeah, again, coming to you from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, coming to you Boston. from Boston. We are Mr. and Mrs. F1, and we will see you next time for the last race of the season. So sad. Bye-bye. <laughs>